Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Collaborative Voices from Community Networks Aotearoa. Conversations and interviews on all kinds of subjects of interest to the community and voluntary sector. Listen up for Collaborative Voices from Wellington Access Radio. Welcome to Collaborative Voices. I'm Ros Rice from Community Networks Aotearoa and it's my great pleasure today to welcome to my show uh, Hazel Jennings who's from Dale Jennings and we're particularly talking about a new product that Hazel's been working on for some time called Kiwi Compliance and this is going to be very interesting for you so make sure you listen. So let's start off with saying hello Hazel, welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Yep. Let's have a, first of all, let's have a bit of an introduction to who you are. Um, you, you've been around the not-for-profit community almost as long as I have, if not longer. <laughs> um, I was wondering if you could give us some of your history and the work that you've done with the non-profit community. Okay. So um, you probably will notice, your listeners will notice I'm a Brit. So we arrived in New Zealand 2002 and I've never worked in a commercial organisation in New Zealand um, it's always been non-profit education. I, I guess it really started in 2006 when I was with what was then the Royal New Zealand Foundation of the Blind, is now Blind Note Low Vision New Zealand, and I headed up their IT team. Right. Um, started my own consultancy about six years after that, and I've been there ever since. So um, uh, I'm, I'm going to jump here to, to your own consultancy. Your company's called Dale mm. Jennings. And yeah. um, what other work does it do apart from the project we're about to discuss? Um, it mainly helps the leadership teams in nonprofit organisations with their, their data and their digital technology. And that's really broad. So I, what I don't do is probably easier. Right. <laughs> I don't design websites. I don't write code. I don't fix computers. <laughs> um, you know, I won't get the network working for you or anything. But I will talk to the leadership team, people like yourself, Ross, yeah. who have a problem that technology is part of the solution for. Sometimes yeah. it's the whole problem. And it might be policy stuff. It might be planning stuff. It might be picking a new supplier. And it might be, you know, what kind of software do we need to help us out of this particular situation? So those kinds of questions, um, really quite high level and non-technical answers. Ones that people can understand who aren't Ones technical. Ones that people can wizards. understand that yeah. you can back them when they go and talk to their technical team, who are usually outsourced. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So there's a link all the way through yeah. for where you can help. Basically. You're very well known for your skills with IT. <clears throat> Hazel, can you tell me where, where did you learn them? Well, to be cliched, um, it all started a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away in the UK at school. <laughs> at school, many decades ago. Right. Um, I started playing with IT. We had this amazing maths teacher, Mr. Osborne, who got one of those old teletypes from the local polytechnic in his office. You know, it clattered away with paper tapes. You literally dialed it up and stuck the telephone handset in a wooden box. I kind of remember things like that. Yeah. It's a long Just because I'm old, but, you know. <laughs> I never stopped. And after Varsity, I went and worked as a software developer. Um, right. I spent my 20 years in the workforce before getting to New Zealand as an IT professional. 
Right. So you've developed some new software, and that's what we're here to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Kiwi Compliance. Probably Compliance Kiwi this week. Oh, it's Compliance Kiwi. Kiwi. I got it back to front. No way. Compliance Kiwi. So it's about health and safety regulations. So I thought that let's have a bit of a talk about what's happened in the current world scene or a, a national scene with legislation, things like that. What has happened as far as compliance with health and safety regulations? Right. So the big step up for New Zealand was in 2015 when the Health and Safety at Work Act came in. And that came in as a response or one of the responses to the Pike River mining disaster. Um, And its first focus, and WorkSafe's first focus, was large corporations, heavy industry, risky work environments, that kind of thing. But, of course, the the legislation came in for everybody. And you'll remember, Roz, there wasn't a non-profit in the country that didn't have a quick panic about it. Yes, and, and create huge manuals and spreadsheets and forms and all sorts of and things. And there was the Cave Creek around about the same time, or was that yeah. earlier? Yeah. Um, I, it was around the same time, but it was Pike River that seemed to push it push over. Push it edge. through, yeah, it was, yeah. And one of the features of that was management and the people at the work face, quite literally the coal face, yes. weren't talking to each other. Well, certainly management wasn't listening. Mm. So then basically the app came in and forced that. Right. Um, and they thought in a way for big organisations that would be quite bureaucratic. And unfortunately, a lot of small organisations took that lock, stock and barrel. Right. And what I found working in that space over the years is that actually for a small organisation, it's almost your superpower. In because what way? Because you talk to each other around the table. Right. And you don't need a lot of the structures that a big multinational's got to have. Right get this stuff working you can literally talk to each other five minutes every week at the team catch-up or the morning coffee or whatever it is you do and just keep it live and real and it can be part of your culture and part of your team building what are the expectations of smaller organizations or not-for-profit organizations what does government expect from them I think what it expects from everybody is that, you know, the people that you work with and for are safe while you're with them, that you you come to work in the morning, you don't get hurt at work and you go home safe. And the people that come in and interact with you because you're providing services or information or whatever, do the same. Um, yeah, that, that top headline is there. Um, and to do that, there's five or six things you've got to do really well. And you're required by legislation to do these things. You are required by legislation to talk about health and safety. Now, there's a big debate, particularly in non-profits, about whether, in fact, the legislation applies to you. Right. Because there's this wonderful thing, um, PCBU. Can you um, explain PCBU for P- our listeners? A person undertaking a business. Oh, well, no, I can't. <laughs> <It's just> a- <laughs> You knew it the other day. I knew it the other day. Basically, <laughs> but a small business organization, a small business, a big business, you've got a business or undertaking. Person and I think a lot of not for profits need to really face the fact that even if you are not for profit, you are still running a small business. You're running a small business. And I don't know anybody who doesn't want their people to be safe. Yeah. So you can use it as a framework, even if your accountabilities are different under the law. 
but it gets a bit hefty, doesn't it? Uh, um, people it find it a bit, bit of a burden and not sure what they should and should not do and when they should and should not do it. So that is yeah. sort of basically my understanding. That is what your um, yeah. new platform is about. It, it will help them do the regular stuff that they need to do to be, quote, compliant. Um, and it will do it in a way that they don't have to keep remembering it all themselves. Um, it will make sure that they're having the conversations they need to and the record that gives you somewhere to record the conversation. Um, it talks you through the um, the risk register. Right? What could go wrong and what can you do to stop it going wrong and to keep people safe? It will encourage you to test the plans that you come up with regularly. We all know we have fire drills. Right. Or drop cover hold or yeah. whatever. But you might need to practice other things if you work with children. Mm. might need to practice what happens if um, you're worried about um, the child's safety for example if you drive cars you might need to worry about what happens if somebody breaks down in the middle of nowhere right Um, so that you just find out what the risks are in your situation they'll be unique and what are you going to do about it and you practice them right Um, you'll need somebody keeping an eye on maintenance whether things run out uh, it could include the coffee, but generally the plaster is in the first aid box rather than that. <laughs> I just um, want to say that running out of coffee is a major health serious. and safety issue for us. <laughs> I think if you're in an organisation that runs on coffee, you could actually put it on the list quite legitimately. <laughs> so, so some so, things need to be topped up. Other things yeah. need to be maintained regularly or checked regularly. So it reminds you of things like that. Um it also will encourage you if something does go wrong. And it, it's a very rare event in a small organisation that's largely office-based, for example. Mm. Um, but you do look into it and you do learn from it. Mm. And hopefully it won't go wrong again. And um, it's going to produce reports? Yeah, it will. It will produce reports. Um, so far, most of the people using it don't get their big reports because not a lot happens. In right. But also it will provide you with reminders. That's the big thing. It will give you automated reminders into your diary that say it's time to check that that car's got a woof. It's time to renew the insurance. Um, there's a lot of things that you might need to do every month. And it'll right. tell you Okay. Well, I mean, um, uh, we're going to go into detail after we've heard mm. our music um, about just sort of the areas that, you as a not-for-profit or an NGO or a social service organisation, the kind of things that you need to be aware of when you're looking at health and safety. And um, we'll we'll go into that a bit more in a minute. But um, first off, uh, let's uh, go to some music. Hope you enjoy. We can dance if we want to, we can leave your friends behind Cause your friends don't dance and if they don't dance, well they're no friends of mine See, we can go where we want to, place where they will never find And we can act like we come from out of this world, leave the real one far behind Young and so am I And we 
we can dress real neat From our hearts to our feet And surprise them with a victory cry Say, we can act if we want to If we don't, nobody will And you can act real rude and totally removed And I can act like an imbecile Say, we can dance, we can dance Everything's out of control We can dance, we can dance We're doing it from all to home We can dance, we can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance, we can dance Everybody's taking the chance Safe to dance Oh, it's safe to dance Yes, safe to dance We can dance if we want to We've got all your life in mind We abuse it, never gonna lose it Everything will work out right I see, we can dance if we want to We can leave your friends behind Because your friends don't dance And if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine I see, we can dance, we can dance Everything's out of control We can dance, we can dance We're doing it from pole to pole We can dance, we can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance We can dance, everybody's taking a chance Will it save the dance? Yes, it's safe to dance Will it save the dance? Will it save the dance? Yes, it's safe to dance Will it save the dance? Will it save the dance? It's safe to dance Will it save the dance? Will it save the dance? Welcome back to Collaborative Voices. Just one moment while I fix my watch, which is telling me how long we've taken. And here we go. Um, I'm talking to Hazel Jennings, and Hazel is putting together, well, Hazel's from Dale Jennings, her company, and Hazel is putting together a um, an online platform called mm-hmm. Compliance Kiwi. Um, that is going to be made available for -for not-for-profits throughout the country as a way to double-check and to be sure that you're up-to-date with your health and safety regulations. And it's going to be important for big NGOs as possibly even more important for big NGOs than small ones. But we're talking about this online platform and what it's going to do for you and what you actually need to know about health and safety. So welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the music. Um, Hazel, compliance now can be very onerous. So I thought we'd spend a wee bit of time talking about the different areas of um, work life where an employing firm or even a firm with volunteers needs to be compliant. So where are the places and spaces within your work, whatever kind of organisation you are, do you need to be compliant? Okay. So it breaks down to a, a, a reasonable chunk of things. Um, first of all, the environment you're working in, whether it's an office, whether you're working at home, whether you're working in a car, you need to give some uh, thought to the fact that that is a safe space. It might mean you, you've just made sure nothing's going to get tripped over, as simple as that. Like cords uh, on the floor. 
no cords on the floor, mm, the, uh, that kind of thing. Rugs with curled corners. And... Could be rugs with, and it might differ if you've got people um, who are, you might have to have some special provision for people if they can't see things too clearly or they mm. can't hear things too clearly. Um, there are ways you, you just think about your environment and what could go wrong in it and how do we make it safe. Um, then there are some legal duties. So if you're working in a commercial office building, for example, that so you're maybe hiring a space in there could or be hiring a space in there. It could be hide all the space if you're big. Yeah. But a commercial building has to have a commercial warrant of fitness, like your car does. Mm. Be done by your local authority. And there's quite a lot of compliance activities to that that involve things like the entranceways and the exit signs and whether the doors work or it's a lot of mechanical stuff. Now if you've got the whole of the lease, you might be responsible for a number of those checks yourselves. If you're in an organisation like I believe you are, Ross, yep. um, the building manager takes care of a chunk of that. Because we've just got uh, three offices on the third floor yeah. down from the lift, you know. <laughs> yeah. so you're not responsible for the plumbing. You're not no. responsible for the fact that the emergency exits have got nice bright lights that come up yeah. um, and the doors are open. But you've still got some responsibilities. And I think um, drills are a good example. So your building manager will be calling the fire drills. That's their yes. responsibility. And you, you've just got to go along with that. Um when it comes to something like drop, cover, hold. That's us. That's you guys. That's nothing yep. to do with the building manager. So you, you need to sit down and work out what your responsibilities are. What are somebody else's? Okie dokie. Um, and where they are somebody else's, you should probably sit down with them once a year and check you've got a common understanding. Right. That's a what happens if you don't? Well, you are taking a risk because you have shared responsibility. Right. Rather, your board is taking a risk. Right because they have a shared responsibility um overlapping duties is the technical term for the lap from the act. okay um so you need to do things like that what about uh, if you go into we go into a lockdown and when you're working from home you know are you responsible for that person's home not all of it obviously yeah. um what you can do with somebody's private space is make suggestions um those suggestions can get stronger if you're supplying more equipment. Uh, but the average not-for-profit may only be, in fact, asking somebody to use their home computer to come into a Zoom conversation. Right. In which case, all you can really do is mutter things. Well, not mutter things, but every so often. I'd mutter. Formally, <laughs> yeah, you mutter really, don't we? Uh, <laughs> Formally, what you do is you go in and you say, okay, well, is, you, is your workstation set up properly ergonomically? Yeah. We can't force you to do it, but we need to make sure that you know that you can do it. And maybe we buy you a footrest. Yeah, we had we had that issue during lockdown because Paddy had just moved into a new flat mm. and um, he was doing all his computer work sitting on his bed because he didn't have a table and chair. Yeah. So we made sure that he got a table and chair by now. <laughs> he doesn't have to do yeah. that anymore. But I was quite concerned because that's really bad ergonomically for him. Yeah, so, you know, you, you've got to put a bit of common sense in this. Yeah. The main thing is to talk about it and document that conversation. Yeah. Because it's a shared responsibility again. It's not as if, as an employer, you've got total responsibility. Your employee's got some as well. Yeah. And it's their house. Yes, true. So, so it's know, a shared responsibility. So what, about, 
what about events? We, we were going to hold a conference this year and then we've, mm. we've postponed it till February, but um, it was it's at a hotel here in Wellington. Yeah. Who's responsible there? Well, again, you've got overlapping duties. So right. you wouldn't be expected to design a fire evacuation process for the whole hotel. Right. But you are responsible for making sure that you know what that is, how you might need to adapt it for your conference, if at all, and then making sure that the conference delegates know what it is when they get there. Okay. That's that housekeeping bit we all do at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been quite good at that, most of us, for quite a long time. Most people are quite good at most of this stuff. The problem comes in remembering to do it and recording the fact that you have done it. Yeah. So if somebody tries to call you over the line and say your conference was unsafe, you can prove that it wasn't and you'd taken steps. You'd have taken steps. You'd have gone through a complete risk review for it. Right. Uh, that up. Does the risk about. review come through your – do you, you provide can one? Do, yeah. If, if it's the kind of things you need, we can actually have a template for it. And we would develop it with you, the organisation, personally because right. it depends. There's it's a different with everyone. kind of conference and maybe mm. a workshop that they repeat. Yeah. So, so let's just briefly um, – divert into um, what actually people can expect if they purchased your product well it's we we can't be entirely sure we're in beta trial at the moment yep we developed i developed it originally for a single client and it developed over about six months so i'm now working with a couple of organizations and i'm thrilled to be able to work with community networks ross yep find out what's happened when you put it in all in one go yeah, so we're, we're uh, trialling it for you. We're trialling it for me. Yeah. We're setting up at the moment because I never set up for my original client. Ah, uh, right. You know, we just evolved it. Yeah. So taking it off the shelf and trying to put somebody into it. I've got three organisations, very different organisations, different sizes, looking at that. That'll help us work out some more generic stuff. It will also help us find the price points. So you're and not sure will... about the price points at this I know moment. it's going to go. Um, what I don't know is what the setup cost will be. Right. Because I've only done it about half of one time so far. Right. So, but it's only going to be a couple of hundred bucks at most. Yeah, so it's not going um, to be unreasonable. We're not looking at thousands of dollars. No, right. I intend the actual product to be no more than 10 bucks a month per organisation. Right. Um, we might have to put some volume limits on that, but it'll be up at the hundreds of members of staff. The yeah. idea... For a small organisation, it's a fixed price a month, and it doesn't matter how many people use it. Right. So you need your volunteers to use it. That right. would be ideal for a sports club because you've got you, your reportings on your smartphone. So yep. all of those parents who help out can have the app. So that's report- good to know. Having an app as well, a lot yeah. of people prefer to work through apps, so that's really great. It all works on the phone. Mm. Uh, and... I mean, it's a secure piece of software. It's off-the-shelf stuff, so it's not like I've cobbled it together in my back garden. <laughs> uh, it's, it's an off-the-shelf piece of software that works really well with good security on it. Um, but it, we can have a little app on the phone, and that's all most people use. You use yeah. it to ask questions, you use it to report hazards, and you use, use it to report incidents, and you use it to train those three right. So where are you at with the project right now? And, um, and- we're setting it up. Um, we're setting up the standard thing for yourself and two other Uh organisations. We will run it for a couple of months. We will do the specials. So in your case, we're looking very carefully at conference. In fact, I hope it will be visible at conference because you can give it to your speakers. You can 
you can give yeah. it out to the people in each of those breakout rooms. Yeah. And that's so kind of thing. For everyone listening who are going, when is this conference? Because we're really interested in this. I'll just say that it's 24th and 25th of February, COVID willing. Yeah, COVID willing. Everything's COVID willing. And that mm -hmm. has slowed me down a bit mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, for other organisations, we're paying, uh, one of the other organisations is a smallish, a medium-sized social service agency where we're looking much more at some of the compliance things around uh, consents and privacy. Right because there's a lot of child safety involved there that you yes. guys aren't quite as involved no with. no so, that's right you know we'll try the little bit that flexing just so long that i know i can deliver it and keep it going okay eventually it'd be nice to go find funding so that this can be developed at sector level yes yes um, but it's always it comes it down to funding doesn't it <laughs> does come down to funding but i'm hoping it's a cheap enough price point that people are be able to get it and it's a sort of thing you can go to small grants like cogs for yeah with a very definite proposal yeah so yeah hopes. well yes uh, we you know we're planning our own um uh online learning um, modules um and platform mm -hmm. which is getting close and one of the things i'm going to be doing is visiting um uh different funding philanthropic funding agencies to see what their appetite is for putting funding aside for these sort of things so yeah. we might be able to do some work together on that but at this point um hazel i'm going to have to say goodbye we've run out of time um so everybody out there keep listening for um the product Compliance Kiwi uh, or register for our conference and come along and hear about it there. Um, thank you so much for giving me your time. It all sounds great and I'm looking forward to starting to get my reminders and then I have board members, board meetings every three months. So I'm looking forward to have a printout report that I'm able to present to them instead of having to sit down and write all the little things like I almost tripped over the mat and things like that. It'll all come out in the wash in the reports. So looking forward to seeing how this all works and um, hope everybody else sees the value of something like this. Thank you, Hazel, so much for your time. Thanks, Ross. Thanks for inviting me. That programme was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.